This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Former chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors during the Trump administration. and He's a distinguished visiting fellow at Hoover Institution. And he has a great book out. It's called The Drift, Stopping America's Slide to Socialism. I call it the most important book of the 21st century, and I'm not kidding, Stopping the Slide to America's Socialism. Holy cow. Anyway, Kevin, uh, let's talk about the debt business for a second. Um, Mm -hmm. So Janet Yellen says we're going to run out of money uh, June 1st. Whether it's June 1st or June 7th, it does look like we're coming to the end game, and they've got to do something about it. Uh, We'll talk about Kevin McCarthy's plan, but I've been quoting – I want to see what you think. I've been quoting the Wall Street Journal – uh, Greg Ip, you know Greg. He's, he's, he's a good guy. He's a straight shooter. Um, he wrote a piece saying a debt deal could help solve the country's inflation problem. Spending cuts could prompt the Fed to cut interest rates sooner, easing some of the pressure on banks. So without being precise, but the point is uh, less spending – does lead to lower inflation. At some point, it could mean either the Fed, you know, can stop raising rates or maybe bring them down. That would take some of the pressure off banks. In other words, it's eminently reasonable that we should solve this debt. And I want to add to that, Kevin, maybe a surprise, but Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader of the Senate, who unfortunately voted for the omnibus spending bill last year, he's saying there isn't going to be a debt solution without budget reforms, referring to Kevin McCarthy. So what do you make of this story? Right. Well, you know, it, it, it's also like the, the thing to add to it is that, you know, Biden probably wants to be reelected. We know he's running. And so, you know, an economy that's, you know, at least you know, struggling with high inflation is not a good thing for him. And so he, he should want to, hmm. you know, reduce aggregate demand. Uh, and, you know, take the pressure off inflation. You know, the, the, the way to think about it, too, is just like if the government says we're going to spend a lot more money, then prices go up because there's all that spending unless supply goes up a lot. Mm-hmm. And so since Biden has been attacking supply and feeding demand, he's been feeding inflation. And and so, you know, I'm, I have no confidence that he's going to do any supply side things. Right. But he can, he can reduce demand by cutting government spending. And, and government spending basically is – just about at the peak level from COVID. So it hasn't gone back to normal. There's lots of room to cut, to go back to normal. And if he does, then he's actually going to help the economy that he wants to be strong when he runs for president. So why doesn't he do it, Kevin? I know he checks in with you constantly. (laughs) Why why doesn't he do it? (laughs) I think he will cave in the end a little bit. Yeah, that's what I think. You think that... yeah, so, so he'll cave because it's actually the right thing to do. Uh, but the other reason that he'll cave is actually a, a sort of more interesting thing to me, just like as a political matter, 
which is the, the something that the Republicans could do that Mitch McConnell's a genius at is, you know, and, and you and I disagreed about this on TV a little bit when we talked about it. But, you know, they could just lift the debt limit a month at a time for the rest of the year. And if they do, then they're going to eat up all the Senate floor time for the rest of the year on the yeah. debt limit. And so they're not going to get any judges confirmed or anything else. And so, so you know, as far as Republicans are concerned, um, they want to slow down like the Democrats and their attempts to stack the you know appointees with people that we don't like. And, 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 and so if they drag the debt limit fight out um, by extending it a little bit at a time, then they can basically gridlock the Senate for the rest of the year almost. And it, 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 so I think that in the end, this is a problem that the Democrats want to go away more well, than the Republicans do. Well, you need 10 votes to get it through the Senate. You need 10 Democrats. I mean, 60 votes mm-hmm. is necessary. But um, Biden's out there now, and, and this is predictable, saying uh, how the McCarthy plan is going to destroy this program and that program and veterans and this. By the way, Kevin, as you know, what Biden is doing is putting a 1% growth cap. The budgets are still going to go up. They're just going to, there's just a speed limit. And Joe Biden doesn't want to, he doesn't want to abide. He's got a heavy foot. He doesn't want to abide by the speed limit. I mean, I think that, you know, to clarify that, the the budget will still rise. These programs, which have gone up astronomically, are still going to go up just at at a slower speed. Right, right. Now, now the one thing like to, to that Biden might respond to that is that there's a since inflation is high, and of course it's their fault that inflation is high. But since inflation is high, then you know you've got to increase you know Social Security benefits by inflation, and that's mm-hmm. a big number. And so that if you constrain the overall growth, there's some things that are automatically adjusted for inflation that are pretty big, like Social Security, and of course. Medicare is going to go up with inflation, too. And so if everything else is going to average out to going up 1% a year, then there's going to be there's going to have to be some cuts. Well, it seems to me. I would. So that would be their argument. I would say, titch, titch, what a pity. I mean, discretionary after what we've done in the last couple of years, it's, it's OK by me. It's OK by no, you. Sure. Of course. Yeah. So what about uh, they're going to oppose work requirements? And I don't think, you know, that's another one that 80 percent of the public. The polling is so clear on this, Kevin. People love work requirements. Mm-hmm. Biden hates them. Yeah, I really just don't understand sometimes where they're coming from. But but, you know, again, if you put in a work requirement, then there'll be more people like leaving their basements, especially like it, it's something that it's in the literature, right? They're sort of Recent college grads are hanging out in the basement playing video games and yeah. getting a job, yeah. right? And, and, and so if you send those kids out into the labor force, then they're going to uh, put downward pressure on wages. Uh, they'll put down upward pressure on supply because you got more workers. Uh, it would help the Fed fight inflation. Uh, and, and so <laughs> they could oppose it, I suppose, for, but I'm not really sure for what reason. I mean, I, I, other, than, uh, other than you think that if they just have like all these people dependent on government, then they're always going to vote Democrat. Um, maybe that's the reason. But well, it's, it's a foolish of them. I mean, I think people are pretty fed up with inflation and, you know, overspending and overborrowing. I think, I mean, again, that's what polls show. Uh, what does it mean that the government's going to run out of money? Let, let's assume June 1st, whether that's true or not. You know, as you said on the show, it could be June 7th, whatever. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Nobody, yeah. 
Tell us. Well, well what, yeah, what's, so what's going to happen if they actually did run out of money, which I think is almost the zero probability, but, but if they did, then what would happen would be that all of a sudden they don't have the money to pay government workers. Mm. They don't have the money to pay interest on the debt. Um, they, you know, so they'll just stop cutting checks. But the checks don't go to zero. It's just that they can't, they can't um, borrow. Mm-hmm. And so if it turns out that there's a lot of tax revenue comes in that week, then they might be able to like write all the checks that week because you basically have to have a balanced budget, right? Because but but you have to have a balanced budget in continuous time because you know if if you have a lot of spending on Tuesday but no revenue came in on Tuesday, then you would have to borrow to make the the payments. And so so what's going to happen is that the, the government would would pay some stuff, not pay other stuff, and they would there'd be some days where they pay everything and some days where they don't. And the place where it would have the biggest effect, of course, is in financial markets, where if they're not making interest payments on the debt, then that's technically what default is. But they, I mean, there's always revenues to pay the interest. Yeah, but they're not allowed to prioritize interest over other type. That, that was something. Oh, that's right. Have. You talked about that. You said there's yeah. a law against that. I yeah, that's right. We, I didn't know that when we were in, when we were in the middle. This was before you got to the White House, but when we were and, and I checked with your good friend, who's younger than both of us, and so his memory is precise. Tyler Goodspeed, he remembers it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he remembers it the way yes. I, I remember it, yes. which is that we asked the uh, the maybe Office of Legal Counsel. It was one of the you know places where we get legal advice in the White House. Uh, you know, are you allowed to prioritize? And they came back and sent us a memo that said no, that you have to mm. that you have to pay things, and it's a, like a separation of powers thing. Like Congress tells us how to spend the money, and we have to spend the money the way Congress tells us to. And, and, and so what that means is that all the bills come on Tuesday, you pay them, and and if there's some you don't pay on Tuesday, then those are the first in line on Wednesday. And, and, and so it is pretty hard to focus just on interest payments. Now, you could sort of maybe say, okay, all the interest payments on Tuesday are the first thing I pay, but I, I still think that you run the risk of, of missing a payment that, that really does set off a kind of financial panic. Well, one thing, though, uh, I was thinking Yellen maybe had done us a favor inadvertently because uh, if she says we're going to run out of money June 1, whether that's exactly true or not, it will force action. I mean, it could induce some panic in Washington that they're going to have to start their so-called last-minute negotiations. So that would be a good thing, right? You know, I, and and I, I'm sure that they're going to play chicken right up to the very yeah. end. Um, yeah. But it's very irresponsible. You know, Biden has, uh, when he was in Obama's White House, he worked out a pretty reasonable deal mm-hmm. of a dollar increase in the debt limit for a dollar cut in spending, mm-hmm. and there were real cuts. Even, yeah, you know, in some sense, more aggressive than what McCarthy's talking about. And, and so, for him to just you know avoid negotiation and take a position that McCarthy's got like some kind of unprecedented irresponsibility, which is what they keep saying, it's just a lie. It's just not true. Uh, this is what always happens with the debt limit. And and uh, you know, I, I really you know our friend uh, Stan Druckenmiller mm-hmm. uh, came out, and I, I don't know if you saw, yeah. saw his interview, but. Yeah. But he, he said basically what you and I have been saying all along, which is, you know, it seems like because we're talking so much about the debt limit, we're not talking about the fact that the U.S. is, you know, spent has spent so much money that we're on a path to, to default. Mm. And we've got a really big long run problems so that we need to address them. And, and the debt limit is a distraction. Stick. And it's not a distraction if you do what McCarthy says in the sense that it helps you make progress. Well, Stanley said, you know, years ago, Stanley said, if 
if if you pay, if if you paid the bond interest ten days later, but you got for that some serious spending cuts, he'd be for it. Not that he's for that, but if it came right. to it, and I you know I understand what he's saying. The spending problem is more important than this immediate debt ceiling business and anything you can do to deal with the spending problem. I mean, McCarthy's got a 1% limit on spending for 10 years, discretionary spending for 10 years. I mean, that's a start, Kevin, right? I mean, that's what uh, Greg Ipp is referring to. It's a good start. Right. It ain't perfect, but they got to do something. They can't do it. I mean, both parties have to look at this. It's a wake-up call, it seems to me. Right, and, and, and the thing is, and this is something, there, there was a uh, Washington Post article. It, it made me think of old times. It was sort of attacking me uh, that came out this week because I've been <laughs> sort of advocating McCarthy's point of view. But, you know, I mean, I mean the fact is that, that when you and I were in the White House and we were, like, engaging in, like, the design of COVID relief packages, for sure, there was deficit spending. Um, but... You know, I think that we always expected that well, the, the economy would get back to normal and then, you know, the spending would go back to normal. Uh, and and then, uh, like the Post said, well, you know, the Trump administration added all this debt, so they clearly don't care about debt. Uh, and so now that they do, they're, they're just, you know, being political and not, you know, truthful or something is basically about what the mm-hmm. Post said, said about me. But the fact is that the, that debt that we added during COVID, the interest rate was like zero. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that the carrying cost for it was not a serious threat to the economy. But but this year, interest payments on the debt are going to be bigger than defense spending mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this mm-hmm. year, interest payments on the debt likely are going to be bigger than Medicare spending. Mm. And they're and, and, you know, in two years, they're going to be bigger than Social Security spending. And so the problem is just not only that we have 32 trillion in debt, but also that that the interest rate is, you know, really 5% and, and it's going to stay there. You, you saw the uh, average hourly earnings in the, in the employment report this week, right? It said, said that wage inflation right now is running at about 6% annual rate. Um, and, and so the Fed's going to have to keep lifting rates. And, and, and so, you know, 5, 5% of, of 32 trillion is 1.6 trillion a year mm. in interest payments, mm. right? So if, so if the yield curve were flat at 5%, then you're you're looking at 1.6 trillion a year in interest payments, you know, and, and so you got to do something about that. It, it's just it, you know, the, the government will have to stop providing all services except for you know mailing checks to the Chinese if really? they don't get that under control. <laughs> uh, was it you that sent me the Peterson? Yeah, yeah. yeah, was, yeah. I mean, that was a scary piece, the Peterson yeah. Institute. That go. I mean, this the interest expense problem is is going to go on. I mean, it's going to keep getting worse. And there's also our, our other close friend John Cochran, right? Who, like, he has this this whole book about like where inflation comes from that's that's really become quite a sensation. And but but his point is that there's two things you could do, and when you have a massive amount of debt, and you know, one thing is that you can you know reduce spending, cut deficits, maybe even run surpluses because that's what you have to do to run the debt down, right? Mm. Um, and if people believe that you're going to do that then there's like some hope that there'll be a market for your debt. Mm. Uh, but if people are confident that you're not going to do that, then they're just going to want to stop. They're going to stop wanting to hold your debt. And the, you know, basically because the belief will be that you're going to inflate it away at some point because you're not responsible. Hang on, Kev- and- Kevin Love. Uh-huh. Let me just take a quick break. I know I'm going to come back. We'll continue this. 
Yeah. I, I want to ask we'll you a little bit. Yeah. Just uh, hang on quick break. Folks, we're talking to the great Kevin Hassett, former chair of the Council of Economic Advisors. He's out at Hoover Institute. He's got a great book out called The Drift, Stopping America's Slide to Socialism. I call it the most important book of the 21st century. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. I mean, um, just for a minute or two, the jobs report is being reported as this big 253,000. But the prior two months were revised lower by a combined 150,000. So actually, the April number was really only just over 100,000. And I'm wondering whether this doesn't show weakness rather than strength. Yeah, I mean, you, you taught me this. Uh, the, the, when we're looking at the jobs report, if you want to, like, estimate the recent trend, what you do is you take the three-month moving average mm-hmm. about, you know, it's just sort of smooths through the blips up and the blips down. And that tells you what the recent trend is. And it's another example of, like, the economic fact checker, checkers failing at the White House because Biden came out. You know, bragging about this like terrific jobs report, but the downward revisions stretched all the way back to September, mm. and, and 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 they were massive. And, and so, if you look, if you estimate like the recent trends, uh, then the three month moving average has gone from like around two hundred eighty thousand job creation to about two hundred ten, and and so therefore there's like a downtrend in, in in what's going on in the in the job market and and. And, and Biden came out and said the opposite. He, yeah. he said he said that things are trending up, uh, and and that's just like another example of them being, shall we say, factually challenged. <laughs> and, and, and and so, so I, you know, I, I, but but for me, the big the big news is that that uh, that the average hourly earnings were were so high, which is it's good news when wages are high, but it also means inflation stays high. And so the Fed it looked at that job report and they said we got more work to do. Yeah. And and so they're going to raise at the next meeting too, you know, and that's something the market's a little unsure about right now, but they're going to have to because inflation is, is out of control and it's going to stay out of control unless we get ahead of the curve on spending. Well, that's right? it. I mean, the Fed can't do it itself. Right. If the, the two should work together, but they're not. Right. And I don't know why Jay Powell, I mean, I don't want Jay Powell to be, to get all political and stuff, but Jay Powell could, like Jay Powell could have said what Greg Ip wrote without mentioning Kevin McCarthy or Republicans or Democrats. Jay Powell could have said what what Jay, what Greg Ip wrote, and that spending cuts would take the pressure off the Fed's interest rate hikes and inflation. Right, and, and you got to remember that Alan Greenspan did that over yes. and over. Ben Bernanke did that over and over. Volcker right did. Now, I mean. So- Volker did it. Yes. So it's a, it's a very common thing out of the playbook. Janet Yellen didn't do it because she was in a time where maybe it didn't look so bad with the interest rates being zero. And also because she is a real Keynesian. Mm. Um, and so she wants the government to spend lots of money. Yes. But, but you know, I mean, the fact is that Jay uh, wants to lick inflation. I think he's 
shown that he's serious about it. Uh, you know, he started late, but he's serious about it now, and and so therefore he needs to start to browbeat uh, the you know Congress into cutting spending, just like Greenspan did and Bernanke did. The next couple of weeks will be crucial on this. The next couple of weeks, Jay yeah. Powell can make utterances, and you know, and I don't know. They're meeting on Tuesday. We'll see what comes of that. Anyway, thank you, Kevin Hassett. We appreciate it very, very much. Folks, go out and buy his book called The Drift, Stopping America's Slide to Socialism's Most Important Book of the 21st Century. I'm Kudlow. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk more about the jobs and the economy and declining real wages with Joe Lavornia, former uh, National Economic Council head economist. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 